2, verse 23. In your Bible, we're going to do something different this morning. Um, it's not going to be, it's a sermonette, and we're doing something else. But Joel in the Old Testament, right before Joel, J O E L, Joel chapter 2, verse 23. Right after Hosea, Joel chapter 2, verse 23 in your Bibles. I want to share a couple of principles this morning. Um, I'm down on the floor here for a reason. Because uh, it's going to be a little different this morning. So, Joel chapter 2. We'll be looking at this morning, revival and reformation. Because we need a revival and a reformation this morning. What do you say, amen? amen? I need it. You need it. This world needs it. The community of Honaka needs it. This Ohana family here. We need it this morning. We need the Holy Spirit to take hold upon us, and we need the latter rain. So we're going to be studying about the latter rain this morning, because uh, we need the latter rain. Before we open the word, let us pray. Father, as your word is open, help us to understand. In Jesus' name, amen. Joel chapter 2, verse 23. Notice the Bible says here, Be glad then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given you the former, what? Rain moderately. And he will cause to come down for you the what? Rain. The former rain and the what? Latter rain in the first month. So we're talking about in the last days here in Joel, a dual prophecy of the last days that there's going to be, yes, there's a former rain in the early apostolic church, but in the last days, there's going to be a revival and a reformation. There's going to be the outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon God's people, beloved. And what a glorious day that is. What do you say, amen? I'm looking forward to that day. I'm excited about that day. I'm seeing the world events and what's happening in the Middle East and the corruption that's going on. I see how Japan is going on and, and what happened over there. And 20, what, 7,000 people presumably lost and de dead. I mean, all these things are happening that we've never seen before. And it's not even over there with the nuclear disaster. We've seen all these world events that's happening and people are wondering why we need to be a people that can reveal the character of God's love within my life and your life. What do you say, amen? amen. So we need something different. We need, some, we need the Holy Spirit in our lives. And so that's what God wants us this morning. We need a revival since it's not been seen since apostolic times, since the early church. We need a revival. We need primitive godliness. We need to get back to our spiritual roots. What do you say? Discovery. There's renaissances everywhere. There's a renaissance for the Hawaiian culture. I was into that. Studied at the University of Hawaii and studied the renaissance of the Hawaiian culture. I learned all the different cultures and it was very good. There's the renaissances of genealogies. Everyone wants to get into genealogies, right, today. They have the genealogy of where you came from and you don't understand where their roots are and in, in the culture roots and also the family roots, right? I mean, my family got, how many got, actually had genealogies made in recently within the last 10, 15 years? My family has done that. It's a big thing now. Everyone wants to know what are the roots. That's the thing. What are the roots? What is your culture roots? The Hawaiian Renaissance, the American Indian Renaissances, you get African American Renaissances, right? Hispanic Renaissance, all the Renaissances out there. Getting back to the roots, original roots. Then you got the Renaissances of the, of the family. What is where you came from? What genealogy you came from? Who is your great-grandfather? They want to find out royalty and blood in the Hawaiian ancestry. They want to find that, right? You know what's happening also? And that's the postmodern mind, by the way. 
You know what's also happening? There is a movement within the Seventh-day Adventist Church who wants to find and discover what is their spiritual roots, beloved. The younger generation following the postmodern mind is, I want to know why I am a Seventh-day Adventist. Not because I'm going through the motions, but I want to know. So they're going back and studying Ellen White, which was never even mentioned before in the church before. All of a sudden, everybody wants to know what did we believe as one of the founders of our church? Never before talked about. Forgotten. A rediscovering of roots. Why am I a Christian? Why am I a Seventh-day Adventist? And there's a movement going on. God wants a people to discover their spiritual roots. So there's the Holy Spirit. Now, it says here there's going to be a latter rain in the last days. Now, what is the definition of rain according to the Bible? Turn to me to Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 2 in your Bibles. And keep your place in Joel chapter 2. We're going to go right back to there. Deuteronomy chapter 32. Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 2. And we will let the Bible be its own dictionary and its own interpreter to define what does rain mean in the Bible. Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 2. The Bible says here, God says in verse 2, my, what is that word? Doctrine. My doctrine shall drop as the what? Rain. My speech shall distill as the dew, as the small rain upon the tender herb, and as showers upon the what? So God's rain is his what? Doctrines. In other words, the latter rain, beloved, is a message. The latter rain is a message, beloved. And what message is that? Let's go back to Joel chapter 2 and find what that is. And so you have the early reign of the apostolic church, and the last thing you have the latter reign of the last church. The last church, and it has the latter reign of the last day message. That's what it is, the last day message. That's what the latter reign is, accompanied with the Holy Spirit. We're going to find out here. So Joel chapter 2, what would the latter reign do? Notice the Bible says here. The Bible says that, and I will restore to you the years that the locust has eaten. The locust has eaten the church. The canker worm has eaten the church. And the caterpillar has eaten the church. And the palmer worm has eaten the church. My great army which I sent among you. In other words, our church, beloved, has been eaten with the locusts and not hearing the words of the Lord. Our churches have been eaten with the canker worm of declining de attendances. Our churches have been eaten with the caterpillar of inactivity and laziness. And our churches have been eaten with the palmer worm of spiritual death within our churches. And God says this lottery message is going to come, and guess what? It's going to revive the church. It's going to heal the church. And do we not need healing this morning, beloved? Amen? Amen. Because I'm in the church. That's why the church needs healing. You're in the church. That's why the church needs healing this morning. And so there's going to be healing. So the first thing is the lottery message comes, and the first thing, it heals the church. Now, what exactly is this latter rain? What else would the latter rain do? Look at verse 27, the Bible says here. This is the result. So the latter rain falls and heals the church. And notice what it says in verse 27. And you will know that I am in the midst of Israel, and you will know that I am the what? Lord, your God. So the purpose of the latter rain is that when it comes, this message that comes, the last day message, 
It's going to help you and I to know who God is this morning, beloved. Amen? Amen. And why is it important to know? Because the Bible says in 1 John, right? To know him is to what? Love, Love him. So here we got. So why do the latter message important? Because the latter message will help you to know God, and to know God is to love him because for God is what? Love. love. To know love. So we know God from the latter-day message, then we will love God. And if, if, we, if you love me, you will what? Keep my commandments. So obedience comes after that. So God wants us to know him first. This is the steps. Know God. And if we know God, we will love God. And if we love God, we will be obedient to God. And that's what God needs this morning. People obedient to his spirit. So he had this, that knowing God. So God sent his message down to us to, to know him. So that's why this knowing God and loving God, the last, latter rain, the last message to be given to this world is a revelation of his character of what? Ah, you see that? Off in the Bible. A revelation of his character of love. So the, the revelation of God's character of love comes down to us. That's the latter rain. It reveals who God is. Why? So that we may love him and thus serve him, especially in these last days, because of people who need to know about the love and character of Jesus Christ. What do you say? Amen? Amen. So that's what it is. And then the last part I want to share with you. What will happen after the latter rain, the last message of God's love falls down upon us? Look at verse 28 and 29. Notice the Bible says. So first of all, the lottery message of it, it, it heals us, it reveals his character of love. And after the love comes, what happens? 28 says, it shall come to pass afterwards. After what? After the latter rain falls. That I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall what? Prophesy. Your old men shall what? Dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. And also upon the servants and upon the handmaids, in those days will I pour out my spirit. When the last message of God's character of love comes, then it's going to be revealed God's government of love also, in which his government will be revealed in which a structure where people will be able to dream dreams and have visions of what God wants them to do. Let me share with you this morning. And this is the whole point of this whole message. The reason why people in the last days will dream dreams and have visions is because in the last days there will finally be a church with a church structure that is free which will allow the members to dream dreams and to have visions. What do you say? Amen? In other words, the structure of the hierarchical structure of the two caste system of the clergy and the laity will be no more. It'll be broken down. And then it's going to be a priesthood of all believers. And there's not going to be people controlling over the people who have a following after themselves in Acts chapter 20. And people, disciples after themselves who pervert the truth to draw disciples after themselves. There's finally be a structure that changes and follows the biblical model, which allows people to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to have the dreams that God has called them to dream, to follow the visions, to follow the ministry, 
the calling, the burden, the passion that God has given to them to be allowed to, to do these ministries that God has called them to do within the church. Why am I sharing this? Because the Bible says where the Spirit of God is, there is what? Liberty, or another word for liberty? Freedom. In other words, the Spirit only goes where there's freedom, right? It makes sense. You can only move when there's freedom for you. So in other words, the Spirit can only move when the church structure is not hindering the Holy Spirit from moving. That makes sense, right? In other words, the, the policies, the procedures, the board actions, whatever it is the structure that's created, it must be created where the Holy Spirit can move because the Holy Spirit can only move where there is freedom. What do you say, amen? So why am I sharing this? Because the last few years, especially this last year, we have changed the structure of this church so as to let the Holy Spirit move more freely within this church. And because the structure of this church is more free, the Holy Spirit is now more able to move more freely among you within your heart. Amen? That's my desire. See, it's not that God blesses this church and blesses that church because he respects their persons, because he favors certain people over others. No, we're the ones that resist it. And if anything's wrong, we have a church structure that resists the Holy Spirit. And one of the reasons, primary reasons, results of having a free structure where the Holy Spirit can move freely among us is that you will then begin to dream dreams and to have visions of what God wants you to do. I'm not the only one who believes this. The leadership of this church on the church board believes that we want you to know what dreams God has called you to. We want you to know what vision God has given you to do in these, in these last days. Number one. Number two is, we exist as leaders, as servant leaders, right? And our main purpose here is put here to help you to achieve the, achieve the dream that God has called you to. To achieve the vision that God has called you to. That's why we exist. And so this morning, I want to challenge you to think about it. But I'm going to ask Steve to come up at this time. And Aaron, can you get the handheld mic, please? Oh, I mean, that's not actually. And Steve's going to share um, a dream he had um, in his own life. We're going to use it later anyway. So. And then, um, then we have some other people share. Steve, when you share a dream. So I'll give you a quick background on the dream. It was 1980. I was a young man with two children, a wife and two children. It was about this time of year. One of those children had just turned, two girls, one had just turned four years old, and the other one was one and a half and in diapers. And uh, I had taken the four-year-old to the hospital with me a few times in this small town in Mississippi. I thought I might get away with spending a little time with my four-year-old because I was not home very much, working very hard. And uh, anyway, long story short on that, after a few times in the hospital with patients and around the nurses, she said, Daddy, when I grow up, I want to become a nurse. And I encouraged her and said, Melissa, that's wonderful. That's good. Nurse, that, that's very nice. A few months later, she said, Daddy, I have to talk to you about something serious. We were in the hospital. And I said, Okay, Melissa, when we get in the car, we can talk about the serious 
this thing that's serious. And so we got into the car and she sat in the, in the passenger seat and she took a deep breath and she said, Daddy, when girls grow up, they become nurses. And when boys grow up, they become doctors. And I thought, and my fatherly instincts said, some, she's dealing with something here. And I said, Melissa, a girl can grow up and become a doctor. If you want to become a doctor, you can, become, you can grow up and become a doctor. She took another deep breath, was quiet for a few seconds. She said, Daddy, when I grow up, I'm going to become a doctor. And so she had a vision. She saw herself as a, as a young child. She saw herself as a doctor. And, uh, and she, never, she never let go of her, of her vision. And so she went to medical school, and it was a struggle, and she graduated from medical school, and she got a one-year residency in surgery, which, which was a last-minute miracle, so much so that I was driving from Hawaii Kai to Honolulu, and she called me on the cell phone and started to tell me about this residency. And it was such a wonderful answer to prayer that I could not compute in the traffic. I had to pull over and stop and say, can you say that again? And she had this wonderful residency that came out of nowhere the last minute in Arizona. Well, at the end of that one year, she had no residency to go to. It was over, it was done, and there was nowhere to go. And it had passed the time for her residency matching, and there was still maybe the most remote possibility of a last minute possibility match. And I was just aching with the, f you know, I mean, this is the little girl that told me that she was gonna become a doctor. What's gonna happen now? And I was praying, Lord, give, you must have a residency for her to go into, something for her to, to, to do. You must have it. Please give her the residency. And it was a, a Wednesday night or a Thursday night. We're living on Oahu, going to the Kailua Church. And, and at 4 o'clock in the morning, either Thursday morning or Friday morning, I had a dream. And in the dream, I was upset and concerned and anxious about my daughter's residency that didn't exist. And, a and I was coming out of a building by myself, and a, and a bus, like a tour bus, pulled across from the right to the left and stopped. And in the open windows were all these doctor professors that are at a big medical center where they teach doctors to become various specialists in residencies. And so I went up to the first open window with my father's heart aching for my daughter's need, and I said, is there any, can you tell me, is there any one spot open left in a residency? And the doctor, the doctor says to me, we can't tell you that. You can't ask that question. That's, that's private, that's, you know, you're out of line. So I 
got rebuked and rebuffed, and I went to the next window. There's another doctor in the window, and I said, can you please tell me, is there any spot open for a doctor in a residency program? And he said, we can't tell you. I can't tell you that. And so that happened two or three times in that bus, and all my opportunities, and I was shot down, and, re and, I, and I went back to the building. And, and I was, you know, like you would be. And to my surprise, as that bus pulled away, another bus pulled in. It was like the same kind of bus. And it was like another opportunity. And, I, and I, this time, I ran to the first open window, and in there was a woman doctor in her 50s, I would say. She had a nice face. She seemed a little nicer than those guys. And I said, I know that I'm not supposed to ask you this. I know you're not supposed to tell me. But is there any one spot left in a residency? And she said, yes, there is. There's one. And I said, well, what's, what is it in? And she said, it's in the blowing in and out residency. And in the dream, I don't know what she's talking about. I'm, I'm trying to figure it out. And I said, do you, and I'm thinking, because we, we know a, a, a wonderful Seventh-day Adventist guy who's an ear, nose, and throat doctor, young guy who had his own miracle of how he became that, re that kind of doctor. So I try to say in the dream, I say, do you mean otolaryngology? But I can't say it. I don't know how to say it. You know, when you fumble over a word, I'm fumbling and feeling, you know, kind of like the, the confusion and embarrassment of it. And she says to me, do you mean otolaryngology? She corrected me. And I, and I say, yes, yes, that's what I'm trying to say. And, and I thought she said, yes, you're right. But it wasn't really clear. And then she indicated to me, uh, our interview is over. It has to be over. And so I went back, but I was rejoicing because there was one spot in a residency. I woke up. And I said, Lord, is this, I could remember the dream. Is this from you? I got on my knees and I prayed, Lord, I, I pray that you have this, this residency spot for my daughter, otolaryngology, what? You know, so I forgot about the dream that whole day we or th that whole day and the next day or that whole day. And we go to church on Sabbath at Kailua Church. We go have Sabbath school. We have the worship service. And now we're in the potluck. And one of the and a daughter of one of the church members who's about 30, 32, who comes sometimes to potluck. She doesn't come to church or Sabbath school. And I know from my previous experiences with her, I like her. She's got a couple of kids. She's married to a guy that never shows up with her. And sometimes she brings her kids. And she goes to some charismatic kind of church. In other words, she's a believing Christian. But she doesn't come to Seventh-day Adventist church and her, like her mother does. And so she says in a loud, she says in a voice, public voice, so everyone else can hear at the potluck. She says, so Steve, have you had any dreams lately? And at that point, I remember, yes, I, I, I did have a dream. So I say, yes, I had a dream. And she says, well, tell me about it. And so I tell her the dream so I, everyone else can hear. 
And I said, but I can't figure out for sure what the blowing in and out uh, residency is. And she says, well, duh, anesthesiology. So a few minutes later, Linda gets a call on her cell phone, and it's my daughter, Melissa, and she's telling her mother, well, I got a, we got a, I got a call like two days ago, one or two days ago, and they want me to fly out and interview in New York for a residency. And mom asks, well, what kind of residency? It's anesthesiology residency. And I say, and she says, I don't think I should go because it'll be a waste of time and a waste of money because, you know, they, they probably won't take me and it's going to cost a lot of money to fly out there to get a no. So I, I asked Linda, please put me on the phone. And I got on the phone and I said, Melissa, we'll find the money. You go. I don't think, no, I don't think I tell her I had a dream I might have. I said, you go, you go. So she goes to the interview. She meets the people. And while she's there, the, the, the uh, person who's in a position, I guess, to finalize the decision, he says, she's in his office. It's a, it's a man, doctor. And he says to her, we don't normally do this. We usually make you wait for our letter saying we've accepted you or we've rejected you. But I'll do we're going to do something different with you. If you want it, if you want to come, it's yours. And she said, I want it. And it's a done deal right there. Not only did she finish that anesthesiology residency successfully and is an, an anesthesiologist today, but about three-fourths of the way through the first year as an anesthesiology resident, she's working, she's learning from and doing a case with a very nice anesthesiology professor who happens to be a woman doctor. And she's from like Poland originally, so she speaks English a little bit different. And so they're working together on this case, and she says to Melissa, so Melissa, how do you like the blowing in and out residency so far? <laughs> of course my daughter says, oh, I, I like it very much, <laughs> etc." <cetera. laughs> but anyway, so that was how this old man had a dream that was very important to fulfill the vision of the young child and the ministry. Thank you. Jordan? And just like a concerned parent to help your children achieve a dream, and that's what we are as parents um, within this church. The elders as fathers, the older women as mothers, so we're parents who want to make sure that you achieve the dreams God has called you to. And Jordan's going to share his dream and vision God has given to him. Jordan? So my, hello. So my dream and vision, uh, I guess when I started, well, I'm actually from Oahu, moved up here in 2008, and I just started coming or attending church again, slowly. So 2009 is when I ma really made a commitment uh, to follow Christ, and just realizing that my family and friends, I left them all back home. And before, my pastor, he always used to tell me back 10 years ago, I fell out of church, I backslid. So 10 years ago, which stuck with my heart and stuck in my mind that 
you're the light in your family. And that always stuck in my mind. And we are light in this dark road, right? So I just wanted to reach my family because leaving them behind from the situation that was just slowly crumbling in my family. My parents were divorcing and I don't know, it was just, everything was just falling apart. And I just wanted to reach out to them. And the one thing that came to mind was uh, to the website, internet, yeah? We have technology now, we can reach to people across the world. So I've been praying about it, asking God to show me what he wants me to do and just been praying to lead me and guide me if this is his will. And so with that said, I think that following Sabbath, after a couple of prayers, a couple of researching the internet, trying to get price quotes on websites, trying to start my own and get money for it to save and just get it up and going and stuff like that. So I just wanted to share the Honokawa ministry to them and everything else that I've been reading and just reading up on the website, watching seminars and just wanted to bring that to my family. And more than my family, I just wanted to reach the world since it's on the internet, right? Everybody can just come and have access to it. So I've been praying about it that Sabbath. Um, I've been asking people. I was trying to get uh, permission if I could uh, record the sermons and if it would be okay with you, who is, who's ever speaking, that if I could upload it, put it on the internet. Yeah, because everything all legal, I know. <laughs> so, yeah, with that in mind, I came, asked around. A couple guys said, yeah, that's fine. And here I came to Pastor Keala, and I told him what I was thinking about, and he said, praise God. He said, you know what? I've been praying. Well, I actually have a website that I would like to start, and I was praying for a webmaster or someone who would like to be in charge of this website. So God spoke to me right there, and he just, that's how the Holy Spirit worked, huh? He just opened doors, and that's how the Honoka'a website or ministry came to be. And so I'm slowly, yeah. with the Holy Spirit's guidance, trying to evolve this website and just to a knowledge thing. And after experiencing the... Uh, the men's retreat, I kind of want to move forward and get it more personalized as far as uh, putting testimonies on there. And just anybody who's, who's willing to share, um, we can do something with that and get you exposed or, I don't know, just want to share something that would be beneficial to yeah. everyone who comes to the website. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's kind of the ministry that I was led to and and just knowing God that he's not going to stop there. Amen. And he has more work for each of us. Amen. And Amen. So, yeah. Amen. Thank you, Jordan. Praise God for listening to the Holy Spirit. I have one last one I want to share is uh, Auntie Michelle. She has a, um, a burden, a passion. And God has given to her a dream, a vision that she's going to share with you at this time. Happy Sabbath. Sabbath. You first really have to be having the gift of the Holy Spirit because as you first know, I don't speak as well as these two gentlemen. And you have to figure it out what I mean. Sometimes I say backwards everything instead of the right way. 
But uh, Pastor Keala talking about dreams and visions, and I hope you folks don't get bored because I get three. Somebody has dream, my own, and my vision. Yeah. So my husband, I've been married 40 years ago, and uh, 30 years ago, 35 years ago, I started to, all my life, I knew I want to know God, uh, talking about go back to to buy your, find your roots. I don't know, I, I don't know how to start to know who's my roots. My family was believe in witchcraft, you know, and even me sometimes I, well, because you as a child, you, you see your parents, and so you say, well, I go ask the witch lady to answer me these questions. But however, I didn't was really serious in that. I, I searched for no God from, uh, and since I was Anya's age, I wanted to know the Lord. And so I, I jumped to when I got married to my husband. And um, as when I said 35 years ago, my husband one morning, we was five years married, and, um, and he wake up in the morning. He wake up, and then he wake me up, and he pushed me away, and he wake me up, and he said, oh, I don't like this dream that I just dreamed. And I said, well, what was the dream about it? He said, and you're not going to believe it, was this church the one he says. He said, I see you coming out of that church in white dress, married with somebody, and no was me. <laughs> so I said, wow. I said, what? A, and this we was laying down in bed. And I never even recorded until now that I hear the conversation here. And so I thought to him, wow, you really dream? dream a, a crazy dream and he said yeah I didn't like it and so that was it that I, but I never forgot so then w as I told Pastor Keala we need Joseph to, uh, to describe dreams but sometimes you get a pretty good idea so like in this one I want to know the Lord I, I, this was my prayer 34 34, 35 years ago, I said, Lord, I know that I never pray for a husband, hu husband, because I married three times, and I never pray for anyone. I marry who I like. So I thought, this is my third marriage, right, my husband now. So I said, I believe that is the reason I didn't be successful in, in marriage. But this time, I'm going to pray for a church. I do not want to pick up church that I feel is good. I don't want to do that. I want to pray to you, Lord. You lead me. You guide me. You teach me. And I pray for 20 years. And I have many churches who want to baptize me, who want to join with uh, me, for me to join with them. But somehow I don't feel like I said, I got to wait. I got to wait. I got to wait. Well, I, I got baptized by this church about 15 12 years ago, 15, 12 years ago, time flies, I don't know how long. And um, it's, uh, I got baptized very mysteriously, way, very mysteriously. I said, I'm not ready. They say, you're ready. I said, no, I have to take that. No, you don't need it. So boom, I got married by this church. And so then I realized, remember the dream I husband have? Because I do feel married after I, I baptized in this church. For the first time in my life, I really felt married. <laughs> and so I think one of my husband dreamed that dream <laughs> that I came out of this church. 
with a white dress. And so I think those two dreams uh, is the ones I, uh, I kind of understand I might be wrong. And, uh, and my vision is another vision. When I came to this church, was a burden within my heart, like Pastor Keala said. I came to this church, I felt at home. I felt this is the church I feel is for me to be. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. But before I go there, I forget another dream that I needed to tell you. Remember I told you my husband's dream? Uh, but my dream was that I was driving one day from Kona, and you, you see when you're coming from the upper road, it's really high, some places there. And at the time, I had one old station wagon about the color of my uh, covering. And, um, and my dream, uh, we coming all the way up in that area where I, you could see the heavens. And I heard a voice, but I see nothing. And I heard that voice, but I cannot remember what the voice says. But I heard the voice. I hear it clearly, clearly. And I look to see all my family. As you know, I have a big family, a husband, seven children, and myself. And in my dream, this is my dream that I have, all my children and my husband was dream sleeping, was totally asleep, was only me by myself. And if you folks know it, my family is still sleeping. They don't want to come here. So I don't know if I get that dream correct either, but I said, is that what means? My family is not here. It's not, not yet. I always feel not yet. We have to have faith, right? And we leave. And will happen, will happen. Maybe you folks probably bury me, but you folks, people here will see my family here. I know that. Yeah. Okay, my vision. Now this is my vision. When I came to this church, I fell in love with everything in this church. I felt the way I felt. My heart is burning. And I have an idea in my mind. Let's make this church a, 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 a bigger space. Um, to be with worship the Lord, to be every Saturday. And somehow, sometimes it's, this shocked me because sometimes we as a congregation or as a group of people or some believers, I don't know the right way, prefer to believe ourselves than believe um, visions. Didn't happen didn't happen that this church will be what my vision was, took place the way my vision was. And for that matter, we have plans that I want to show the pastor. He knows it's true. We have plans about this church. So now Pastor Keala says, maybe it's the time, Michelle, maybe all the congregation get together. However, I don't know the rest, but this is what up to this moment happened. Yeah. So we, we have it in the Lord's hand, and whatever going to happen, Pastor Keala no have better idea than me. My vision was to redo this church, and I knew how, and nobody believes me. And um, now was me who doing it, but the Lord who was going to do it, and my understanding, and um, maybe Pastor Keala is playing better than I. I don't know, but that was my vision and my two dreams that I share with you folks. Have a good day. Thank you. Amen. She had a vision to remodel and enlarge this church, and that's what she wanted to do. That's her vision that she shared. And so 
to share with the people God may inspire others who join the vision that she has and that God has given to her. God may inspire other, some of you to join the vision Jordan has for the internet ministry. And um, so I want you to pray that God will lead you to the ministry that God um, has called you to. That you are free in this church structure to dream dreams. And we're here to exist to help you to achieve the dreams God has called you. We, we want you to let you know that dreams do come true here at the Honakana Church. What do you say? Amen?